Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello from Romania. I hope you're doing well today. Today we will look at our 12th message from the book of Ephesians. Today we will look at the importance of the local church. Let's read our verses for today, which is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What is the purpose of the local church? What kind of work should it be doing? Is the church a humanitarian organization? Is it a select private club? This short passage in the book of Ephesians tells us the purpose and work of a local church. Jesus Christ gave his blood for and died for the church, which is part of his body. He has a plan, purpose, and work for every local church body. So today, what is the purpose or function of the local church? First, Christ gave the church leaders. The first thing we read in this passage, verses 11 through 13, is a list of leaders within the church body. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These five offices illustrate the purpose of the church. We will see this in just a few minutes. 1 Timothy also lists the office of deacons or elders. We also read about these offices and their part in the body of Christ, the church, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. In 1 Corinthians, it is clear that not everyone in the church had these offices or gifts. God gave some in the church these offices or gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Why did God give these offices or gifts to the church? Verse 12 tells us plainly, they are given to perfect the saints for the ministry and for the edifying of the body. The names of these offices are important. First, we have apostles. This was an office only found in the early church. 
An apostle had the gifts of healing and wonders. They had these gifts to confirm the word of God. We now have the complete revelation of God. Therefore, we do not have the office of apostles now. We then have the office of a prophet. A prophet simply proclaims or preaches the word of God in what will come to pass. He speaks of the coming blessings, curses, wrath, and judgment of God. Third, we have the office of an evangelist. An evangelist does not have the responsibility over a flock like a pastor, nor is he a prophet or teacher. An evangelist preaches the good news of the gospel to peoples and regions who have not heard. Philip was called an evangelist. He traveled from city to city preaching the gospel, but was not a pastor. He is the equivalent of a modern missionary. Next is the office of a pastor. A pastor leads the sheep into the way they should go. He feeds the sheep. He directs and leads the sheep. He encourages and reproves the sheep. He is responsible for his sheep. That is a pastor. Last, we have a teacher. A pastor should be able to pastor or lead a church, but he also must preach and teach the Word of God. However, there are others in the church that have the gift of teaching. I know of many gifted and knowledgeable Bible teachers, but they do not have the gift of a pastor. A pastor needs to be able to lead and work with people. He must talk and counsel with his congregation in very difficult situations. Many teachers cannot do this. It is interesting to note that we have the entire purpose of the church in these five offices. The apostle confirmed the word of God with great power. The church should have power. The prophet warns and preaches of the coming blessings and wrath of God to the saved and unsaved. The evangelist preaches the good news of the gospel to people who have never heard. The pastor takes care of and ministers to the local church. And the teacher teaches correct doctrine and truths to the local church. The apostle Paul went about preaching and teaching the word of God. And he said to hold fast the sound words which they heard. Let's read about that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. So a church is to show the power and glory of God. They are to warn, they are to evangelize, they are to minister to the church congregation and teach good doctrine. That covers the basic purpose of a church. These leaders in the church are given to perfect the saints, work in the ministry, and edify the body of Christ. How long are they to do this? Until we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son, unto a perfect man, unto the stature of Christ. In other words, until we meet our Savior in the clouds. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5. through 5. 
I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall turn into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Second today, the result of this proper leadership and teaching. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 show us the result of proper leadership and teaching. Let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is the result of proper leadership and teaching in a local church. If the church leaders are doing the above, and the congregation is actively learning correct doctrine, reaching the lost, and do all for the glory of God, the result will be the following. First, the church will be stable, and not children tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Verse 14. Notice the importance of teaching good doctrine in these passages. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 through 7. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 11 through 13, these things command and teach, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. The second result is the church will speak the truth in love and grow. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. The third result is the church will be unified. We looked at that last week, the importance of unity. So the church will be unified, work effectively, and increase in love and edification. Philemon was a good example of this. The book of Philemon, chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee. 
In this short passage in Ephesians, we have a guide for the church, how it should serve God and its purpose in this world. Let's strive to bring glory to God and be an effective, mature church. Next time, Lord willing, we will look at another message from the book of Ephesians. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a great day.